I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Eric Pham. And I'm Olivia Clement, and this is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies and TV from the perspectives of three people who live in places oft forgotten by Hollywood. And this episode fulfills our motto in a special way. The first 30 minutes is an interview we conducted with the crew of A Violent Storm, a short film written, shot, and produced in Little Rock, Arkansas, that was selected for the San Francisco Short Film Festival just a couple weeks ago. We were fortunate to have a conversation with the director, Tim Barnett, his cinematographer, Brad Fugare, and the film's lead actor, Eric Watts. The second half of this episode is an inside scoop of what it's like to work in the movie industry. Two of our friends born and raised right here in flyover country who went off to work in Hollywood took some time to chat with us about its mysterious inner workings. Our guests are Ben Stockton from Dunklin, Oklahoma, and Whitney Butler from Bryant, Arkansas. We discussed film versus TV, the moment they knew they wanted to work in film, and much more. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to share this special episode. So without further ado. Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to our uh, producer, Ready Set Podcast. They have prices to fit any budget options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. They make it super easy to create your own podcast and they can help you record, edit, and publish to all platforms. That's right, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, all of it. If you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or social media. www.readysetpodcast.xyz Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Okay, so we are joined by Brad and Tim and Eric. Uh, Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves and um, the... These are three of the guys who created a violent storm. Um, and it, it's a local little rock production and 10 minute masterpiece in my opinion, as far as film short films go. So, uh, Brad, why don't you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and the work that you did on this film? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm Brad. I was the DP, um, on the film and, uh, filled in in a couple of other areas as well. I don't remember all the different areas, but, um, you know, uh, Tim and I have known each other for quite a while. Tim directed the thing and, uh, we've known each other for quite a while. And, uh, Tim finally said he was ready to, to move on in and do this thing. And so he asked me to DP it and I was happy to do it. And, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Excellent. And next, uh, Eric Watts, why don't you give a quick, quick rundown of how you met Tim and, and uh and how you came involved in, came to be involved in this project cool cool yeah i'm eric watts uh here from little rock arkansas um i have no real background in film whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> i randomly struck up a conversation with tim at church a little over a year ago and uh he asked me if you know i would be interested in um you know doing some acting and the type of person i am just yeah, sure i'll give it a shot why not um, and he laid out the game plan for me, kind of showed me what he was looking for. And I was totally terrified and unsure if I could do it, but willing to give it a shot. Um, and I, I'm really grateful that he took a shot on me and gave me an opportunity to get this experience. I was making this wonderful film. Um, Brad and, and Tim and everyone who worked on this film with us was incredible people, really wonderful um, experience with. So Eric, this just, just to be clear, this is the first thing you've ever start in correct in my life <laughs> i love it <laughs> nice 
Well, you know, when you were telling us earlier before we started recording, uh, your uh, introduction to being in movies reminded me of Harrison Ford. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've, I don't know if Tim or you have thought about that, but it's a parallel that I realized. Yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford definitely wasn't planning to become the star that he is. You're Harrison Ford, Eric. Hey, man. Oh, I'm down. Did some Indiana Jones type stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be your next project. Love it. All right, Tim, uh, writer, director of A Violent Storm. Uh, give us a little rundown of who you are and where this idea came from, and then I'll uh, follow up with another question. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Tim Barnett. Um, this idea came to me in bits and pieces. It started really like four or five years ago. Um, you know, movie ideas and stuff come to me in like just little flashes of something. So I get a flash of a shot and then I start creating it off that and life events affected and different things. Um, so yeah, this is like been a project that's been like on my mind and heart for a long time. And I, you know, whether it's a confidence thing or just not feeling like we had what we needed. Um, I just didn't do it for a while. Um, I got really sick and that was a whole thing. I pulled out of that. And then, uh, you know, something Brad and I have talked about for a long time wanting to do this. And he's the first person I told the whole concept to. Um, and yeah, it's really just waiting on me. And then, uh, we, I, yeah, I was watching Eric at church. He was playing up in the band and I was looking at him and I was like, man, I think that might be him. I think that might be my guy. And, you know, cause I, I had started to give up on the whole thing really in my heart and mind, I guess. But I, I started to see my like main character in the flesh a little bit. And I was like, shoot. And yeah, I was basically like, man, have you ever done any acting? And he was like, nope. And I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, Tim, would you give a, just a synopsis of a violent storm? Obviously we're going to share the uh, push out the link to the, movie so that our our listeners can watch it but can you just give a short synopsis um that doesn't give too much away um so that people have an idea of the tone and um and the stakes and all that yeah uh i'm trying to think of on the cover letters i put with the uh festivals i submitted it to i think i said something like a broken hero returns to face his old nemesis or something (laughs) really like basic like that but uh yeah, so my, my idea with it is sort of taking, I guess, a superhero film and reworking it to, like, what makes it its, like, barest bones of, like, I don't know what makes that important, I guess. Uh, so picture, like, a Watchmen type thing a little bit. And it's, yeah, a broken superhero who's, like, essentially homeless, and he's returning to face his old enemy to, like, have a conversation. So, yeah, that's the movie. Excellent. Um, and then this is my last question for a little bit and I'll open it up to other, uh, other insights Eric and Olivia might have, but I know that you are a huge fan of Batman and, uh, uh, Eric Watts and Brad being around him. I'm sure that you've heard Tim talk about Batman a lot. Um, but I saw a lot of the dark Knight rises in this short. Um, so, Talk to us a little bit more about like the idea of a hero, but specifically the idea of like a deconstructed hero. 
Um, you, you see that a lot in the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> and yeah. you see that a lot with the character of Tempest that Eric yeah. Watts plays. Yeah. Um, so there's like a statement in writing somewhere. Uh, I don't know who said it, and I'm going to misquote it. But it's essentially saying a hero isn't truly, it doesn't, a hero doesn't make the turn to becoming a hero until he's like been built to his utmost point, broken down and then built back up again. Um, so yeah, this, this movie essentially takes place after the hero's been broken. Um, and yeah, similarly to the dark Knight rises in that way, Batman's is, you know, big, bad Batman and he's broken and nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. The idea is essentially starting a story in the middle point, I guess. Like you've got the whole, you know, there's a whole movie you could make before the story starts, and really a movie you can make after. And this is just like right there in the middle. And like I said, a hero's not really a hero till he's been broken. You know? Yeah. Is that your? Yeah. Is it, does that answer your question? In that answers way? it. That answers it perfectly. Uh, it's funny that you said that. That like you're, we're kind of seeing this in the middle because before you guys got on, and it was just uh fam and isaac i said i would really like to see a prequel and a sequel to this like i want to know what led up to it what happens afterwards so uh i love that you said that the, temp- uh, the tempest extended universe yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's time yeah i've got a few other characters brewing excellent yeah. good nice <laughs> Um, okay, so so what what got you guys into filmmaking? How did that that process kind of happen to you? This is going to be obviously more general as opposed to specifically talking about uh, your short film, but what led to that for you guys? Um, <clears throat> I guess I'll start since I was just talking, and then I'll toss it back over. Um, can you hear me? My okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, we can. You're, you're good. You're good. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, so for me movies and in and of themselves have always been like kind of key to who I was like as far back as I can remember like I didn't watch any kids shows or anything really I was just like watching freaking movies you know um but it was never something I saw that could be attainable for me to create myself or as a team until I met Brad really I didn't meet Brad until like college and then it was like oh man you can like we can actually like make this you know so that was a big turning point for me where I realized, I don't know, you can put the rubber to the road, the pedal to the metal and make something happen. Um, yeah, I really, but yeah, in terms of just into movies in general, I can't remember the time mm-hmm. that I, you know, yeah. one of, one of the things just going off of that, um, that we were talking about before this was, I was just really paying attention to the technical detail that you guys put into it. And Brad, I know that you, must have had a huge a huge part in that but one of the scenes that was just so impressive to me was toward the beginning at the end of the spoken word uh that chris james you had you had him do um which i want to ask about that later if we have time Mm -hmm. but it's the scene where it's uh it's focused on on eric his face um, and he's sitting down under the bridge in his uh, his homeless clothes, and it transitions, and he's on the roof wearing the suit. I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about like how how long that took, or like how many takes, and how did you? Because because 
conceptually it's a very simple thing to watch in a split second that that transition but uh but how did how did you guys do that and kind of because that's where it leads into the action and the you see the stakes building from there can you talk about that scene just a little bit yeah uh I'll talk about from my perspective, that was actually the first shot of the whole like movie that like came to me while I was digging a hole one day was that transition. And I was like, shoot. Um, and yeah, this is where, you know, technically I don't think so well about like Brad had to think we need to try to align this shot similarly to how he's going to be aligned on the rooftop. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, Brad rocked it. On another cut, actually Brad had it a bit smoother. I like, messed with the edit a little bit at a spot it used to be like crystal smooth like the exact same and i screwed it up um yeah but what's your perspective brad (laughs) (laughs) um i didn't realize that it changed oh no (laughs) um but I, um, I remember that being one of the very, very, very first shots that we talked about. And obviously we shot for it to get it as close as possible. And from a technical aspect, I mean, there's pretty easy ways to achieve it. You can lay over in a, in a screen, you can lay over at like 50% opacity, like your old shots and stuff like that. So it's not crazy difficult, like in your monitor, Mm -hmm. it's not crazy difficult to pull off stuff like that. But I remember when I got one of the original um, edits back from Tim that the eyes quite weren't lined up. And, you know, so I kind of fixed that in post a little bit and, you know, that's basically how we made that transition happen. But I definitely knew that it needed to be, for me, it, it was something that I kind of wanted people to not realize that all of a sudden he was on the roof mm-hmm. in the suit until it was obvious, like, and it was kind of like, what happened here? You know, um, I don't know. It just, it just felt right to do it that way. So, yeah. That was very, very cool. Also, Eric, you stare into a camera impeccably, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's got the eyes, man. It's crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I just want to say really fast, Eric, I I don't want to interrupt you, but um, y'all should know that if we didn't have Eric on this thing, it would have been. It wouldn't have happened. It would have been a quarter of what it was. Like, Eric made this thing. (laughs) <laughs> like we would be shooting and Tim and I'd be like, man, I kind of want, you know, this out of Eric. And then we would just like, let's roll it and see what happens. <laughs> and then we would roll it and it'd be like, yeah, that's like, it. that's better than what we expected. No, no direction. Yeah. He nailed Eric it. Pulled it they, out. they were far too kind. There was a lot of direction. <laughs> Those guys like made me do this thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Brad, but Brad is like one of these kind of guys. So you don't want to mess it yeah, up. Yeah, just don't fight it. <laughs> you don't want to mess it up for Brad. No, they made it like incredibly easy. I mean, they, I feel like they painted the picture for me uh, very clearly as to, you know, what they were looking for and what they're wanting. And I, I got a pretty good feel for it. And I just tried not to screw it up. I mean, honestly, that was, that was my whole goal every day, every time we shot, just like, don't screw it up, Eric. Don't waste their time you know, coming in here acting like a rookie. Like, you know, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you better act like you know what you're doing. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what it was all about for me. Eric, what did, um, whenever, so you, you told us about uh, Tim's pitch to you. I have this idea for a story. I think that you're my guy. Whenever y'all were maybe like a, like about to start filming and into filming, 
what did what was something that you brought to the character of tempest that was like part of you that you resonated with and what were some other things that kind of came to you as like revelation of like this is this character this isn't necessarily me I mean, that's easy. It was the beard. <laughs> it was the beard. The eyes and the beard. <laughs> no, man, there was a, um, you know, whenever we first started talking about this, um, the beard actually was a big thing. The beard and kind of the bald head look was was kind of a big thing. But it was more so kind of the pain, uh, the burden kind of associated with it in the life. And, you know, I was, <laughs> I've, I've been through some rough stuff in life, so I've felt a little bit of the weight that I felt like Tim wanted to convey. Um, I could feel the weight of it. And I just wanted to try to draw some of that out of myself and share it with these guys and hope that it was, you know, aligned, hope that it aligned with what he was really hoping for uh, or wanting to get. So that's, that's all it was, man. I just kind of brought my own like pain and past and kind of the disappointments that I've, you know, created for myself and, you know, my family and friends. Um, knowing that, you know, hey, I mean, I'm better than this, you know, but I've made a bad choice. I made a bad decision and it cost me. I just kind of carried some of that into it with me. And these guys just pulled it out of me. I mean, they made it for me to kind of face my own life. I, uh, I have a, Olivia, I just saw you begin to, to speak, but out of follow-up question to that, um, AJ Green, the, the guy that you had played the villain, uh, the professor, is that correct? Um, he is great, but he has a line, um, uh, that he says to Tempest and says, you want to die? It's okay. I kind of want to die too, which was, I, I, that was one of my favorite moments, um, just from the, the writing, Mm -hmm. because you see this insight into the villain and also, you know, any great villain is relatable and you kind of understand that, that pain, um, I, I guess my question is, uh, was that one of your goals, Tim, whenever you were developing it? Did you kind of, was he one of the, the villainous figure the whole time? And did you want to have him be a relatable figure, even though he is, is evil when he has imprisoned these people? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to, essentially what I was trying to do was create this idea that, so, you know, like we said, I love Batman and all that. I love Batman and the Joker's whole relationship. So I was trying to create this idea of like, these two have been at it for years and years. This has been like their game and their dance all this time. But then this boy was killed. Um, it was kind of ambiguous if anybody didn't catch it. But yeah, the boy is killed accidentally in one of their conflicts. Um, so I wanted this idea that that pain, yeah, like touched both of them to a point that they were really broken you know what i mean so you know tempest being broken is obvious but then i thought it'd be an interesting little twist in there to throw that also the professor like is just as beat up about it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. kind of the idea that's really good olivia did you i think you had something that you were gonna follow up on well and you've kind of hit on it i was thinking about how you know these characters are are relatable i mean there's all the there's obviously a sense of brokenness and i think that that's what makes really good storytelling is is relatability and um being able to kind of confront those those demons and 
addressing those things. And so I, I'm curious, like, uh, Eric, you said you drew on your own experience. Was that something that you just did extinct, like, like naturally? Was that something that you were like, this is what I'm going to do to prepare for this character? Or was it more so like, this was the direction that you were given? Um, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a combination of all of that. Um, you know, Brad and Tim kind of laid out for me what they were looking for or what would make this like kind of make more sense on mm -hmm. camera. Um, so I kind of had that in the back of my mind. Um, I don't really have a, you know, a genuine reference bank or, or pool to pull from as far as like what you do or how you convey these different messages. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an actor, you know what I mean? As far as I know, I'm not an actor. Um, so I was really just kind of drawing off, okay, if, if I felt this way or if this was the kind of relationship that, you know, I had with someone and it's been years in the making and, you know, we're familiar with one another, this is probably how we would interact with one another, uh, especially given the circumstances, this is probably how we would do it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then I've got to watch out for Brad make sure he doesn't throw something at me. No, I do like to throw that. <laughs> Brad is the nicest guy. Can I comment on that? A sure. Little yeah, bit? absolutely. I feel like we've focused on the, the two over here and we want to hear, we want to hear from you as far as like the well, it doesn't have anything to do with being a DP. It's just, I just want to comment on, on Eric and kind of what I observed. Um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, Tim and maybe myself, but mostly Tim, I think gave Eric maybe directions as far as I guess, maybe like acting, how it pertained to acting, but as far as the instinctiveness, like mm -hmm. you're talking about, uh, that was fully, I feel like instinctive within Eric. Um, and especially, I feel like I've never been an actor and I'm really not huge into movies, um, which is funny. But um, so I don't know a lot about acting, but um, I feel like as far as being an actor goes, probably one of the toughest times to act is when you don't have another character to play mm -hmm. off of. And a majority of this film is Eric acting by himself. Um, and so everything that he's giving is just him. And especially in the beginning, there's a scene where he has a bottle of alcohol um, and kind of the behind the scenes of that is Tim hit me up the day before we were supposed to shoot this and said, hey, man, I know you've got a bottle of alcohol at home. Can you bring it? Which, of course, I did. Um, and he wanted an empty bottle. What do I finished it and then brought it? <laughs> yeah, actually, it was already empty. <laughs> the convenience. Um, and so I brought it, it had like a swallow left in it. And I, and I brought it and there, that was the end of the conversation. We got it out of my car, we went over, we went to shoot the thing. And while we're shooting it, this might've been like the second take of this, um, you know, Eric just, he took that last swallow. And I remember after we shot it, Tim and I just looked at each other. Cause you can't, I don't think we could have directed mm -hmm. that. It, that came from like the way he looked when he took the swallow. It just felt like, I don't know, just like, because at that point, I, I guess maybe he hasn't decided he's going to go confront, you know, the professor, but he's kind of just at that last thread. Yeah. And that last swallow and he just took it and it's like, you know, that was not directed. That was instinctive. Mm -hmm. It just worked. And I, and I know we definitely threw it in the movie. So, you know, just to comment on that, that's what I'm talking about when I say that Eric made this thing, because there was a lot of instinctiveness in there that... 
absolutely was wonderful. That's so cool to hear. I know, man. I feel like if you're like waking up under a bridge and you got a free drink first thing, <laughs> I mean, when I have a free drink. No. You might want more than a swallow, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the other thing. It was like method acting. I mean, he straight up kind of fell asleep under the bridge. You know, we were like, Is yeah, true. yeah, with all the cars and everything. I think people legitimately thought we were filming a homeless person for a little bit. <laughs> oh, <time>. no. <laughs> I felt a little bit. It's not cool. Don't do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I got a question here. Um, for uh for everybody and it's kind of a general question and kind of related to what Livy asked but um what kind or what directors and i guess cinematographers and actors uh influenced your work and like who did you guys look up to uh that shaped your filmmaking which i'm i'm curious to hear brad's response to this since uh you said you're not obviously you're you're into the craft but you said you're not a huge movie watcher so yeah yeah I could go, I can go first on this one then. Um, yeah, I wish I could answer your question with something like really profound that some cinematographer really shaped me for this. Um, but I definitely pulled all, off my own experiences for this. You know, I, I have been filming for a while. I got into filming just to do like a 10 second background. I got into it in, in college um, because I wanted to make money and I was really bored in college and I was just done with college. But I had, I, I did finish uh because my mom was going to be incredibly disappointed <laughs> if I didn't um so I did finish but um but yeah so I started a business doing photo video and live audio and stuff way back in the day and thought I was a business owner only to discover that I absolutely fell in love with DPing essentially I loved lighting I loved moving the camera um so my my entrance into filmmaking came from that um it did not come from watching movies um and so it's actually quite a struggle for me to watch movies now because I I just don't like to sit down for super long like that um, but I'm trying I'm doing my best um, so I don't have any references I guess for this film but I would definitely comment and say that Roger Deakins is one that I I definitely look up to right now um, and love his his work have you listened to his podcast I was about to ask that question. I love oh, it's good yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely actually uh, I was gonna say um, he interviewed um, Jake Gyllenhaal not too long ago and when they asked uh, Jake Gyllenhaal how he got into it he said that he has been he feels like he's just been falling down this like dark you know hole and he's landed here and that's just how he got here and like I yeah I absolutely relate to that like I'm just like how did how did I get into filmmaking I don't know I'm just here yeah, that's cool well it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like just from you describing your relationship to to movies to this film that you and tim are an excellent pair just from we actually yeah are, from how yeah. i from from me knowing tim so yeah that sounds awesome yeah tim is tim is always just like we're working on probably too many ideas right now now that we've done one <laughs> Um, but Tim's just like always sending me movies. Like you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. And so I'm, I'm doing my best to keep up with it. <laughs> if it weren't for Brad, I'd be like naked in a field or something. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome. World. <laughs> <laughs> Tim would be getting filmed in a field, <laughs> <laughs> but con yeah, continuing on, um, uh, this this is a short film, so Eric and Tim, what who's who's influenced you or 
what movies have influenced you? you? Sorry. This is weird, but honestly, uh, one of the main movies that I kind of kept bouncing back to while shooting this is so weird, but uh, Hancock. Uh, I was thinking about earlier. Big Hancock vibes. Yeah, I just yeah. thinking about Will Smith and Hancock. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious why, but I just kept kind of thinking, okay, what would what would Will do in this? What would you know Hancock? How would he like kind of come off to people and yada yada? Um, so that's that's kind of what I drew from with this. I I'm a lot like Brad. I'm not a huge movie guy. I grew up, you know, watching sporadic. My wife, she's always asking me like, did you see this? Did you see this? No. No, never saw it. No, no, never saw it. But I mean, um, you know, there there are some just classic films that you know I look back on, and I say classic, they modern. Um, but anything with you know Denzel or uh, I am a fan of Harrison Ford. Air, uh, Air Force One was like one of the coolest. Oh movies. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah still is. Uh, but you know, that's kind of I just kind of thought like while doing. This, this project, I just kind of wanted to think, okay, what do good actors do? I guess, what do the actors that I've liked in other movies do? And can I do that? I guess they work. You could do it. <laughs> Yo, it yeah. yeah, it works. Yeah, it, it works. works for sure. Yeah. I must say, uh, real quick before Tim answers, after uh, I was prepping for this episode and I was like, after I watched the the film, I was like, I looked up Eric Watts. I was like, who is this guy? Like, I got to see some of his other work. And <laughs> it's, it's just mind blowing that this is like your, your, your very first like real acting role. So. Uh, yeah, for this, you know, there's a lot of filmmakers that really mean a lot to me in different ways. Um, for this film, I think the director that was like really, this <laughs> isn't trying to word myself well. I guess the director that really I was pulling from was Barry Jenkins, who did uh, mm-hmm. Light and mm-hmm. Feel Free Could Talk. Um, just the way he thinks about just like people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I'm not sure who DP'd his movies, but um, like the face, like the just human face in, the, in my storyboards, it's like so many like symmetrical face shots. At one point, Brad was like, you can't have this many symmetrical face shots. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's just like, like I just love showing just somebody's face you know I just think that's such an interesting idea and yeah um also if you guys have seen the show Hannibal that's like a big thing for me as well um I like to I like I like the way Tarantino uh, not Tarantino that's like too obvious to say I just think it's interesting when you have like a genre that you don't necessarily expect to mm-hmm. go kind violent to go a little violent oh yeah it yeah pulls itself back but you know I, i'm making you know this is like a superhero film and we've got like essentially superman but then you have like a ton of blood and then like a boy is killed like it's dealing with heavier themes than you know superman like caught a car or something you know yeah um so it's, yeah. a, it's a mix of things anybody can catch a car right yeah yeah Everybody easy <laughs> yeah olivia did it the other day I yeah I, I do it all the time. That's how I stay in shape. Well yeah oh, okay. yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well guys uh, we're we're running up on time. Uh, the the last question we wanted to ask you guys um, is what can people like us who love film do to support filmmakers like you? Um, this uh, a violent storm is an amazing and inspiring and beautiful exercise in creativity and in your first outing. Um, as a filmmaker and as an actor, 
um, and as a, a an actual like a DP on a film. Uh, so we're here talking about it, but what can we do um, once we finish recording and once we publish this podcast episode? Man, wow. I can. I can, you want me to go? Yeah, please go. I think what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think the obvious answer would be money, but. Um, <laughs> Like, <laughs> money. Um, that's an obvious barrier, but, um, I think watching it and talking about it, I mean, I've, I've been on a lot of zoom calls, uh, for work related stuff. And this has been absolutely the most enjoyable thing I've ever done on zoom. Um, just talking about something that we're passionate about. And I love seeing Tim talk about it. I love seeing Eric talk about it and diving into it and kind of, uh, kind of remembering the whole process and it's just been a ton of fun. So yeah, talking about it, watching it. I think that alone is, is, is huge support. Excellent. Yeah. Showing that interest and yeah, knowing you guys have watched it, it's wild to have something in your brain for like a lot of years and then like half a decade and then have people talk about like stuff. I don't know. It's surreal and awesome. So that's just a beautiful thing. Also, if we call you at like three in the morning and ask you to be on a shoot the next day, just be like, all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how I got all those guys that were in that fight scene. I was like, Hey, you want to come get beaten up for eight hours? And they're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> they were probably disproportionately excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, yeah. That's a good point. Great. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was fight club. They, they misunderstood the question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Eric, I'll open it up to Eric. Sorry, fam. And Olivia, for any closing comments you guys have? Uh, I don't I don't think so. It's just thank you guys for coming and, and taking time out of your schedules to, to talk with us about, about this short film. Uh, thank you for sharing your experience, your thoughts. It's been really cool to hear people who've actually made a film talk about making a film as opposed to the three of us kind of thinking about what it means to make a film. And so that's been, it's been cool to like hear real life experiences. So I, I appreciate it. Yep. Ditto to what Olivia said and congratulations on the film. It was, it was awesome. And I'm uh, really looking forward to see what you guys do in the future. And congratulations to you guys. Um, this this film was uh San Francisco Film Festival yeah. selection. Whoa. That's huge. Wow. That's that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cool stuff. We couldn't have done it without everybody that did it. So nice. Nice. That's great. One quick thing in there if I can. Absolutely. It, it, it's so inspiring, so cool to see um this come together, <clears throat> especially from my first conversations with Tim. Um, you know, I was thinking when we first met, like, okay, I don't know how this is going to work at all. I mean, a lot of people, and it's really intimidating. That's a daunting task to take mm-hmm. on. So, like, I'm going to do this. But the fact that he actually, like, planned it out, worked through it, waited to the right time, got the right people involved, and saw it through um, is really commendable. And I just want to say kudos to him and, you know, much respect. And, you know, that's it's really inspiring so if you guys you know, there's ever anything that you wanted to do and you can visualize it go for it go for it because stuff happens you know it, it can be good stuff so yeah i just wanted to give that quick shout out to Tim yeah thank you brad thank as well you. thank you yep. guys so much yes thank you thank you three for making the time to be here tonight just Absolutely. really appreciate it we hope to see more from from tempest and the uh the violent storm extended universe and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I think it would be awesome if, if 
uh maybe maybe the three of us can make a little cameo in the next one hey, that would be super be cool. fun yeah just have your phone ready yep <laughs> at, at 3 33 a.m yeah that's the only time i accept phone calls do not call yeah. me before or after 3 30 a.m perfect I am Olivia Clement, and I am a therapist. I'm Isaac Sims. I work for the Conway Chamber of Commerce. I'm Eric Pham, and I work for Axiom in Conway, Arkansas. And today, we have two special guests who do not work like regular people. They have worked in the industry. So, uh, Ben, tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, I'm Ben Stockton, and right now I'm a freelance production assistant for film. Very nice. All right, Whitney. Uh, hey, I'm Whitney Butler. Um, up until recently, I was a publicist for Film and Awards in Los Angeles. Um, and then I just moved back to Little Rock to do freelancing, graphic design, marketing managing out of Austin. Oh, nice. I did not realize that's what you were doing. So, um, <laughs> very recent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did talk about the very recent move beforehand. Okay, so uh, to start us off, what was the last thing everyone watched? Uh, does do one of our guests want to start start us off? Um, last night I rewatched Knock Down the House <laughs> for the second time. Uh, it's nice. a it's a classic, but yeah, I just felt moved to rewatch that to you know gain some hope. So because uh, we all we need <laughs> hope. <laughs> yeah. <right now>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I still haven't watched that. I I feel like I I really should watch it maybe this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's super good good Ben uh last night I actually watched Vice uh the 2018 film with Christian Bale yeah nice um I uh my roommate had never seen it before and we were talking about the debate from the night before and I was like you know what it's a great movie that I love we should watch Vice so that's a super good one that's I love it do do y'all think Christian Bale was robbed oh yeah who did he lose to that year who, yeah, who did he lose uh, to? Whitney, do you know? I don't. Think. I'm trying to think. This is literally my. Rod. <laughs> <very my, good. laughs> yeah, wasn't that year? I don't even know what year that is. They all mix now. Vice was. It was the. Uh, 2018. 2018. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Was that Green? No. Was Green Book? No, Green Book was 19. Green Book was 2018. Oh, it was? Well, 2019. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Shape of Water. That's right. Um. Is the Shape of Water that year? Because it took everything. I can't. For th- no, Shape of Water was the year before. Uh, Are you about to diss Shape of Water, Isaac? No, no, no. I was about to say for the credibility of our podcast, it was Gary Oldman. Also a great perform. Wait. Gary Oldman? For what? For, wait, for Darkest Hour. But Darkest Hour was... We're talking 19. Yeah, we're doing it really good. <laughs> it was nominated for the 2019 Oscars. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, anyway. It was Joaquin Phoenix. Wait, <laughs> I'm so confused. I blame 2020 is, because I think Joaquin Phoenix has done a movie since like six years ago. <laughs> that that's true. R- Rami anyway. Malek won last year and he stole it. That's who it was. That's who it was. Yeah, he stole it from. Yeah. But I was yeah. literally, I think, I, like I was having a dark dimension hole open in my 
brain where I was like, <laughs> wait, Rami Malek, that was this year. And then I was like, no, but Parasite won this year and someone else won Best Actor and I can't yeah. remember anything. Anyway, Christian Bale was robbed. Yeah. What have you been watching, Isaac? Story, story. Um, I, uh, are either one of you, Ben or Whitney, um, appreciators of David Lynch and or Twin Peaks? Ooh. I have not watched it, but all of my friends hate me because I have not watched it. So I am secondhand appreciative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I have not either watched Twin Peaks. Peaks. Um, it's on Netflix right now. We're watching the 2017 The Return. Um, and oh, it's okay. good. It's very Lynchian. This episode we watched last night can't give anything away, but it goes like hyper into just him. David Lynch was on acid whenever he wrote it and you see a <laughs> nuclear explosion. Everything is like taking five minutes to zoom in. It goes black and white. It goes to 1950s and there's a bug. And my wife was like, I hate this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the last thing I watched. Very nice. I literally was about to say, um, my bad, not to cut anybody off, but I was about to say, I've heard about an episode of the new season that like, it's like a close-up shot of a guy's face and he's like covered in oil or like mm-hmm. ash or something like that. And apparently it's like one of the best shots of the entire like show. And as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, I bet, I bet it is. I bet it is because uh, they were, it's, it's really compelling. Um, I told them before we got on, it's like uh, every time I think about um, Twin Peaks and David Lynch, I think about, Daniel Craig in Knives Out saying it makes no damn sense. It compels me though. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks for me. But Eric and Olivia, what about you guys? Uh, I've been slacking off. The last thing I watched on TV, I think, was the presidential debate. Oh, nice. <laughs> and before that, <laughs> that was, was an episode well, of Twin Peaks. I think that was directed by David Lynch <laughs> as well. It was crazy. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was beef or like actual real life, but it was entertaining to say the least. Um, <laughs> And then I've been watching The Boys, of course, um, which incredible, nice. incredible season two so far. Got a new episode, Olivia. Nice. Uh, the last movie I actually watched was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, I also watched Enola Holmes I this weekend. That last weekend too. I did. Yeah. I did really? as well. Nice. What was, was everyone's charming. thoughts on it? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was too. Yeah, it's like um, the new. It's like the Gen Z version of uh, Nancy Drew. It's what I kind of got. That is a great yeah. way to describe like, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Millie Bobby Brown is there, Emma Roberts. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I think if <laughs> Sam Claflin isn't uh, careful, he's going to be doomed to this role of just so hateable characters. Because I don't know if you guys, if you guys have seen The Nightingale, which is Jennifer Kent, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, uh, who directed The Duke, but he's in that, and he is like the most despicable person in the world. And he kind of is like, he's, he's like terrible in Enola Holmes. Like he's, he's like the worst version of Mycroft Holmes that I've seen in, in any. Even worse than like, do you think he's worse than in the Mycroft and Sherlock? Like the series? Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? For sure. I don't know. I don't know how, how, it's been a long time since I've seen Sherlock, so I, I really don't remember. No, that much and about Sherlock, it. he's just kind of he's just annoying and kind of uh, he doesn't he doesn't ever stab him in the back or like he, he's not a misogynist as long as as 
as far as I know. Anyway, I don't know how far we want to go down that hole, but. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, And then as far as TV is concerned, I've been watching The Sopranos. Nice. Really good. I'm on, I'm like halfway through the fourth season, I think. So we're close to it. I'm jealous because I'm on the second episode and I love it, but I can't, I don't have any time. So too busy podcasting. Yeah. Too busy podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to watch that show from the perspective of a therapist when he's going to therapy because I always think about, and I may have talked about this before on the podcast, I always think about how I would handle seeing a client like that and it would not be well. That's what I have just determined. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. You want to j- kick us off and jump into our, our questions for our guests, Olivia? Yeah, so guests, uh, it doesn't matter who answers first, whichever whichever one um so what was the moment you guys knew you wanted to work in film like was it watching a show or what was that like for you um so I was in high school and I was I mean I don't know if everybody goes through it but I was gonna say like it's kind of that moment in high school where you're like man I'm gonna start thinking about college and what I want to do and like actually get serious about what I want to do for the rest of my life and um my junior year the secret life of Walter Mitty came out and I watched it and walked out and I was like, I want to go into film. That's what I want to do. That movie like showed me that I could pursue it, but also like, it's just such a well shot movie mm-hmm. and so much of it's like real and practical effects and stuff that I'm like, that's like, like there's movies like that, that I watched and I'm like, yep, that right there makes me want to like work in like movies and like see how they do that. Um, and after I walked out of that, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to work to do it. So. Nice. I think nice. that movie it, it's not it's not a perfect movie but it it I remember captures the sense movie. of it, the what'd you say? Well, wasn't there like a lot of Pizza Hut ads in that movie? Or am I thinking a different movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry if and I ruined ben, that movie for you. Ben Stiller approaches <laughs> 10 banks and they're like, no, like we're remaking this movie. And Pizza Hut's like, <laughs> Ben Stiller on the line. That's why I'm, I'm laughing. Yeah. It's like, Eric, you're thinking of Wayne's World. Are you sure Wayne's Pizza World. Hut There's is not in Secret Life of Walter no, Mitty? No, Pizza Hut is, it, it is. I remember. I That's it, yeah. why I'm laughing. But I'm just laughing that you remembered that. Is it Papa John's? Whitney is saying it's Papa John's. Same difference. Jeez. Come on, guys. Yeah, because he tells he tells uh, that emotional story about how he worked at Papa John's and something about, it, something about his dad. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. Sorry for interrupting. No, you're good. You're good. It was it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, that that movie captures the sense of awe because um, I've come back to it and it just it kind of grows and evolves and it always, especially him longboarding in Iceland. I'm just like, man, that's like. That's free freedom. Yeah, like stuff beauty. like that. Yeah. Right. So when you ha- um, when yeah, you- so I probably decided when I was like 10 that I wanted to get into film. Um, my whole childhood I knew I was wanting to do something creative. I took like cooking classes, uh, pottery classes. I mean, I took like every kind of creative class under the sun, um, trying to figure out what I loved, but um once I started getting into photography and then that slowly translated into film and started doing um, kind of short film type stuff. And then, yeah, just I'm really absorbing film and movies and the technical side of it. 
Um, I just know I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. And whether that's in the actual film industry or just creating anything, I've recently realized there's a big difference in the film industry and the creative side of the film industry, um, which is very interesting to me now, um, seeing like the psychology behind that. Um, but yeah, I, just from a super young age and yeah, just watching movies. Let's talk about the psychology of that. Cool. I'm just kidding. We don't have to. <laughs> Um, Whitney, you had a, you had a short, like, film at the UCA, like, film thing that they do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably, I think the last three years of college I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was my roommate in one of those? Yeah, she was. She was in in my uh, thesis one. She, wait. Okay. Yeah, she's on the newspaper behind me. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Because, because I remember going to that, because she also had a film mm-hmm. in there as well. And so I remember going to that and I, we were also excited because one, she had a film in there and then also she was in one. And so I remember seeing that and it what like, that really was, and I'm not just saying this because you're my friend. I'm saying this because I genuinely believe it. It was shot Thank really well. You. Like I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That script took so long. I think I ended up writing like three feature films and then they were like, you have to cut this. And I was like, I don't know how. It was super hard to try and figure out the story because I just had so much to say. Um, so yeah, it was super fun. And that's my favorite part of film in general. Um, nice. Whitney, you're, this film, that this short film you're talking about, I also, I've also seen it. Um, but it's funny because you and me and Olivia had seen a concert. We saw Chance the Rapper in Tulsa the night before I saw it and we drove back uh, and got back at like 4 a.m. and I was sleeping on my lunch break on my bed and I watched it and I was like, that was really good. And then I slept and then my alarm went off and I went back to work, but I have seen it and it's really good. That's that's my very (laughs) specific memory of watching your short film. That's funny. Um, Okay. So, so Ben, you you moved to Atlanta, right? I did. Yes, okay. I did. Are you still in Atlanta or No, um because of COVID, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that that'll do it. Uh, yeah, they uh they actually are starting a lot of the big projects just started filming uh this past Monday back again this week, but my lease went up in May and at the time everybody that I talked to, all the producers and stuff that I knew were like, "Hey, we're not going to start anything until the fall." And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to lift and Postmates for the next three months in Atlanta. So, um, and Oklahoma's been busy for films. So, it's yeah. So I'm currently in Oklahoma City. Cool. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so you guys have both lived in kind of this hot spots for uh, the film industry. What what has that been like for you guys? What did you like, dislike? Um, ben, you yeah. shared about how COVID affected your job. Whitney, could you share a little bit about right. how? Yeah, so um, things started with COVID. They started really picking up. I had a press day for Sony that Tuesday. That was St. Patrick's Day. And they were they just kept telling us, like, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. And it was for an independent movie. And I was like, we're not going to do it. Like, just, just I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> And the day before Sony called and they were like, yeah, cancel everything. So I spent that Monday canceling uh, everything. 
And then Tuesday we got shut down and went home. Uh, and I worked from home for probably like two weeks. And I was actually planning on moving back home like a few months before that. But I was like, I just, I won't be able to do it. Like I won't be able to like have the guts to just do it. Um, and then my boss called me and she was like, hey, I'm gonna have to start furloughing everyone starting at like the front desk guy. And she was like, just letting you know. And so I was like, well, hey, I'm leaving. <laughs> and so I just did it right then. And I was like, this is my plan. Um, just letting you know, because we had uh, a Meek Mill movie, Charm City Kings coming out the next month, supposedly. And so I was like, I'm just waiting to hear that word. And then that got moved. And I was like, okay, I'm officially heading out. Um, so, I mean, it just is on hold. I think they're still not in their offices and not even going back till 2021. So it's kind of crazy. Whitney, you, you hinted at this earlier, but did you, you created films and projects at UCA when you were a student there Yeah. and then you became a publicist. Did you enjoy being a publicist? It's my point blank question for you. Yeah. What's really funny is it's a running joke that everyone accidentally gets into PR with film. Like you never, happened like you just stumble into it and that's exactly what happened I just happened upon it um I I started out as an executive assistant and like junior publicist had absolutely no idea what I was doing like truly no idea and I was on the phone with Netflix and Amazon and like all these people and I was like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm gonna pretend I do so uh but as it went on I found I loved press days I loved talent um, that was the exciting part of it. It was also the most stressful part of it. So it was kind of work and play were the same time. And once it's done, you thought about the play <laughs> and, but awards, that was my jam. That was my absolute favorite thing. Um, I did a ton of awards campaigns, uh, Lionsgate was my favorite. That was last year. Um, and so that was my absolute favorite that, that if I would have stayed, I would have done awards, but especially with this Lionsgate campaign we did Knives Out and Bombshell. And I was the main person doing all Golden Globes for them. And it was at a, a press conference with HFPA with Margot, Nicole, and Charlize there. And all the Lionsgate execs were there. And I was like, you know, I've seen the top and I just need to figure out if I want to do it still. And it was kind of a balance of the passion of film and the industry and all of that mixed with passion for creativity and actual kind of life fulfillment and work-life balance. And so it was a difficult decision, but I did love it. I, I, it feels like a fever dream, but I, it was, it was a wild experience. Do you plan on going back? I would go back and not do the business side that I did. If I went back, I would want to do a more creative side, but weirdly enough, it was, it really stifled my creativity in a weird way. You would think it would be the opposite, but it felt so congested with everyone like struggling to have their own voice that it was just like, why am I even trying? Why should I even write anything? Why should I do anything? And it's like those six months or however long I've been here. Um, I've done more creative stuff in six months than I had in two years, which is so interesting. But um, yeah, I, I did love it, but there are some parts that I'm, <laughs> I'm not missing. Yeah, no, I can see where that can be stifling. Cause I mean, everyone is trying to, get their voice out and say like this is my story Mm -hmm. and and from what I've heard from like different podcasters I listen to that live in Hollywood it's always like everyone is basically trying to sell themselves in some Mm -hmm. way um and so I I feel like that 
that can definitely stifle creativity because it's like, well, how many how many different ways can I spin the wheel on, um, you know, a story or whatever? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that can be difficult. Um, ben, have you had a have what has your creative experience been like? Has that is that similar? Is it different? Both. So maybe? it's kind of um, in in certain ways it's the same. I was gonna say it made me think of a story that uh, the first movie I ever worked on um, that to this day nobody's ever seen it's an ultra low budget christian film called my brother's keeper um and it was filmed in columbus georgia and the first time i got there it was like i had no idea what a call sheet was i didn't know what call was like just certain stuff and like showing up for the first time and um i mean i get familiar with the crew i'm the youngest one there and of course i'm like oh i want to be a writer director i want to write screenplays i want to direct them be the next spielberg nolan stuff like that um and everybody that I talked to, I mean, the grips, the electricians, the director himself, which is like, yeah, we all want to be writers and directors. And it kind of is that reoccurring theme that like now, two and a half years later, it's like a joke in the film industry that it's just like, oh, yeah, let me guess you want to be a writer and a director. And it just oh. Olivia just texted us. The power went out at her house and she said, my Wi-Fi is oh, no. gone. So, oh, so I'm the captain gosh. now. <laughs> uh copy that um yeah so that's kind of the thing is like it's it was one of those at first I was like dang like I guess this is it like everybody wants to be a writer director like how in the world am I gonna do this but then I hear about people who make short films and hear about the people who um it's I'm trying to think of the most recent guy I was talking about it the other day but it's you hear about the people who I mean, kind of like Damien Chazelle. He made the short film Whiplash at first, and people loved it. And then he went and made it into a feature. And now, I mean, every movie he's made since has been nominated for an Oscar. So it's like, um, and it's stuff like that that you hear that it's like, okay, it's not the end of the world. And the more connections you make, the more people you're going to talk to who will give you tips. And it's, and that's the thing is every project that I talk, or like every project that I'm on, I'll talk to the director or the writer or, I mean, anybody. And it's just like, everybody's mindset's completely different on every topic so it's just like you're always learning which i enjoy and that's kind of like that creative side of it that it's it's one of those it, the knowledge really never stops nice um one one question that i like to ask um people like in the industry is like what what directors and actors and and people um did you like get your inspiration from and that you admired um growing up and uh getting into film. He mentions uh, Spielberg and Nolan, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Christopher Nolan and Steven Spielberg are definitely my two favorite. Um, I fight a lot of people actually, which I, and I don't want to say like, it's kind of basic answers, um, but it is like, I was raised on eighties and nineties action movies. So it's very like, yeah. I'm all about exciting and blowing up. Um, and I mean, of course, as a kid, I thought Michael Bay movies were like the greatest thing in the world. Oh, and now yeah. I watch them and I'm just like, these are jokes. Wait, but, they, they aren't uh, the, that's too hard. hard. That's too hard. I mean, okay, they're, not, they're, not they're not jokes, the greatest thing in the world. And who who's saying that? <laughs> um, that's fair. But I, I don't know. I like emotional stories that could still be uh, kind of like out there. I mean, like a lot of Nolan stuff. Um, like I really enjoy sci-fi aspects and stuff like that but then on the other side i really enjoy spielberg how 
the man's done every genre and he kills it at every genre like there's not a single thing that he can't do and i'm very excited for west side story because i'm like i've never seen the man do a musical and i in my mind i'm like it's got to be good he's been spending four years on it so like at what price but whitney how about you um i really like nolan i love my my like taste is very random because it's on like the nolan side of like the super cool like mind trip kind of stuff but then I like short-term 12 and like very like very small had no money and then made it big kind of movies yeah. uh, which those are just random directors so it it kind of yeah I mean like Nolan's a big one that I love um and then it just goes to any really uh independent filmmaker that has a cool story gotcha um yeah. if you uh, uh Whitney I'm curious about to hear your thoughts on Ben, as he was sharing about, you know, working as a PA and, um, and just rubbing shoulders and like being on the bustle of the bustle of being on set. Um, mm-hmm. would, if, if you go back to, to LA or to Hollywood, would you want to do that? Would you want to get on set and start working on movies? Yeah. Um, I like, yeah, my love for film was, on set being on set being in mainly in the production office or being with production um doing the more strategizing uh side but also creative side yeah um that's probably what i would want to do because that's my favorite part of movie making um and again i want to be the writer director like that was my answer growing up so it was always funny people yeah like you said like oh you want to be a writer director of course you do um but then yeah i mean there's so many more aspects to it but i love being on set i don't know if i would in LA just because um like one of my roommates out there she worked on America's Got Talent and she still is as a PA um it's just out there it's way more I feel like hustle and bustle not as much passion mm-hmm. as it is in like Atlanta like the the kind of pop-up ones the pop-up industries um I feel like way more it's way more passion there because people are really loving it's kind of a home away from home in LA instead of being in the middle of it and everyone's just like, Oh, just make a movie, just make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That didn't really answer. But. Hey, that's fun. <laughs> I mean, that, that your, your answer reminds me of Jeff Nichols talking about how he got movies made and how he just kind of scraped the barrel. And one of his professors gave him Michael Shannon's number and they made that movie for like, they made shotgun stories for like $30,000 or something. Yeah. super so low like that and he tried to pay michael shannon michael shannon was like uh it's okay you can keep your hundred bucks or something whatever it was uh, so i just uh, yeah <laughs> I, I i love what you said because in in our show our podcast is based around that idea of there every place is unique every place is beautiful and interesting in its own way and i really think mm-hmm. central arkansas is a a it has a very fertile ground um, and has has a lot of um, the beginnings of a place of rich culture, um, but stuff needs to happen in order for that to be cultivated. So um, you might be the next Jeff Nichols. So yeah, exactly. But yeah, that makes me super excited to seeing the South. I mean, I miss the South so much when I was out there, just because it was. Even I would talk to my coworkers and be like, oh, this movie. And they were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Or like, I would talk about the lighting in a movie and they had no idea. And I'm like, how are you like 
preaching this, like doing all this work for this movie that you have one probably haven't seen and two, like have no idea of the context of what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so that I, I feel like I was just on cloud nine being like, we're doing such cool stuff. And they were like, yeah, we kind of hate it, but <laughs> it's fine. And I'm like, you have to love it. Like, why don't you love it? And I felt like I was just, you know, a crazy person shouting on the mountain, like, this is great. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> You're like, you don't understand. I grew up in Arkansas. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Was there anyone during your time in Atlanta and LA um, that you just fanboyed or fangirled over when, when you saw them while working? In a way, yeah. I So the movie, I finally, uh, when I moved to Atlanta at first, I was doing like small stuff. Um, and then in then November, I got a call from uh, an assistant director in Nashville. And he was like, hey, I'm being the AD for uh, a music video. And was just like, are you interested? We're actually doing three music videos in three days. And which is just like already insane. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, I've never worked on a music video before. Sure. And... I mean, he's in his early 40s, has kids, and he was just like, she's probably a little out, outside of your time, but you'd probably know her band. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, it's, her name's like Haley Williams. <laughs> I and saw I said, that what? on your IMDb. And that's so just, cool. Yeah, man. Um, and that's, and so we filmed it in Franklin, Tennessee, and it was three days in November, and it was brutal cold. And I just, they literally were like been, Haley needs a trash can in her room. Will you take it to her? And I said, you're kidding me. And they were like, no. And so I knocked on the door and I was like, Miss Williams. And she was just like, hey, what's up? And I was like, I'm Ben. I'm a PA. If you need anything, just let me know. Here's a trash can. She was like, thanks so much. And our hairdresser was like, thanks, Ben. And I was just like, what is happening? And that's a, it's the kind of moment where you walk out and you're like, wow, like, this is it. This is like, I have kind of in my own sense, like made it. Um, and I never told Haley, but at one point her parents came to visit set and I was in charge of just like making sure they had coffee, whatever they need. And they were like, what's your name? Where are you from? Of course. And I said, the crazy thing is when I was in middle school, I went to the zoo amphitheater, Oklahoma city and saw Paramore and yeah. fallout boy. And I was like, it's insane. Like this is here. I am a uh, 10 years later working for your daughter. And they were just like, that's crazy. And I was like, I know, I know <laughs> you're telling me like, that's so great. <laughs> Whitney, that's who, awesome. What about you? Who, who did you see oh, out there? Literally every day of my life. Um, but I had to not act <laughs> like I was freaking out. Um, because and then they'd be like, you're fired. Sorry. <laughs> but two, two de- yeah, two definitely stick out to me. Uh, the first one, since we were talking about bombshell, um, it was their press conference that I was working and I was waiting for Charlize to come by. Um, and I was like turned looking at the door being like, cause I, I was in work mode of, Oh my gosh, she's late. I hate her. <laughs> like I was like, she has to come, come on. And I'm like staring at the door waiting. And then I turn and Nicole Kidman had just ended her press conference. So I was waiting for her to walk towards me, which the room was like in the uh, four seasons. So it was like, it, it was like just a tiny ballroom. Um, and so I turned and Nicole Kidman's like walking, like tapping everyone on the shoulders, like, bye, see you later. And she like walks up to me and puts her hand on my shoulder and just stares at me. And she goes, I just sprained my ankle. And I was like, what? And I looked down and she's barefoot and has a hotel napkin wrapped around her ankle oh. and like with ice on it. And I was just like, 
are you okay? Like, I didn't know what else to say because <laughs> it's like clearly someone already took care of it. But I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I guess she just felt like she had to tell me because I was waiting for it. You know, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But um, that was one where I, you know, admiring from afar. And then I turned and she was right there staring at my face. Um, That's awesome. And then another one uh, was at the Golden Globes. I only the only person like I was like I my life will be complete if I just see Emma Stone I was like I that's the only person I want to see number one and I but I was at the HBO party um and I was like she's not gonna come here she you know she was in Netflix that was I think the year of um the Netflix show that she Mani- was in. Maniac yeah 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 she's not gonna come uh, here yeah was- so I'm like telling my coworkers like she has to come and then I just turn and it's her at like in the little bar area and I was like I have to get a drink so I'm like walking and she's just standing at the bar which I now realized was with like five bodyguards because she didn't want anyone talking to her and I like got a drink and just stood there and so I like walked back and just handed my coworker a drink and I was like I'm gonna go get another one and just like <laughs> like maybe at some point she'll see me and say something but like everyone else I didn't you know I I was so used to it but her I was just staring and I was like I can't even compose myself right now that's so cool yeah. well guys we're running up on time Olivia do you have any questions uh that you'd like to or Eric um that you'd like to ask our panelists also welcome back Olivia glad the uh wi-fi is working again yes, yeah hello. sorry <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I don't know what I missed, so I don't want to repeat any questions. So <laughs> I'm going to yield my time. We talked about some great stuff, but. <laughs> uh, I, I can't wait to miss it all, Olivia. Yeah. A month and a half. Yeah. So I can't wait to listen to it. So, Eric, no, do you have any questions? Um, no questions for me. I just want to say uh, thank you to, to Ben and Whitney for coming on the podcast and giving us a little bit insight into what their lives have been like in the, in the industry and uh, everything that's been going on. It's been, it's been yeah, fun chatting you. with y'all. I'll sure. give it back. Of course. To yeah. What were you going to say, Ben? Uh, oh, nice. saying, yeah. of course. Uh, Whitney, maybe I'll, I'm going to see dreamland on Sunday at the Arkansas cinema society. Yeah. So I don't know if you'll be there. I, I need to look at the lineup again. I'm definitely going to go see nomad lands on Saturday. Cause I heard that's fantastic. Um, and I know the director kind of, we, I did a film with her, but, um, cool. yeah, I definitely want to see dreamland. Um, and then there's one on Friday that I'm going to see, but I don't need to, you know, spend all my money. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Well guys, yeah. have y'all been to like a drive-in theater before? I've never I been. So. No, You've I've never been. been. To one? Enlighten us. Oh. Ben, have you gone to the the no, one in Not Chibiche? recently. I was gonna say I went all the time as a kid. I haven't yeah. been in years. Yeah, I I'm trying to think what the last thing I saw that there was some like random Ashton Kutcher <laughs> movie I saw there as a kid, and then I remember seeing Invincible, oh, yeah. which Mark has Mark um, yeah think, yeah. I was gonna say, is it Marky Mark? I remember seeing that there. Yeah, the, uh, but the last yeah. one. Somebody asked me the other day. I think the last thing that I saw there was a double feature. And it was some animated movie in the Amazing Spider-Man Two. We were Andrew just Garfield. talking about that. Oh my god! Just talking we were about just that. Talking about that. <laughs> um, and I remember it was like I think Amazing Spider-Man Two started at like eleven, and it's like a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. And I was just like, all right, here we yes. go. And that's the that was always the thing. It's drive-in. It's like you go to a double or triple feature, and it's two or three a.m. by the time you get home because it's forty-five minutes away. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so far away. It, I mean, so far away. It feels it, pretty far right. away from Duncan, at least. 
especially when you're in yeah. high school. It would be oh, fun yeah. to have you guys back oh, on and talk yeah. franchises yeah. because I mentioned before we started recording that uh, Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro against Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Oh my yes. God. Like I think that I think that was released today. So oh my which God. means Andrew Garfield might show up as Spider-Man. So it would be somebody the other day was like, How much would this movie make? And it was Andrew Garfield, Toby Maguire, and Tom Holland. And I was like, you know, as good as Spider-Verse was, if they oh, yeah. wrote it well, it could be like yeah. it could be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, never mind. I'm just gonna start ranting about not ranting. I'm just gonna just get really excited about it, and we're I have out of one time. One quick question so for Ben: I'm, I'm just gonna, What's your what's favorite up? Michael Bay movie? Uh honestly, The Rock. Yes, I battle a lot of people on this. I love The Rock so much. Um, close Sean Connery's second. best role. Oh, easily. Um, the <laughs> Island is a close second. We talked um, about this too. I, t- I told Olivia and Isaac they got to watch The Island. It's a delicious it's so, movie. It's so good. And uh, Steve Jablonski's musical score is just freaking fantastic in that movie. I like, I fight people on this. Um, we're good. I'm sorry. I got too hyper hey, there. But, um, we got to get Ben back on for the Michael Bay. <laughs> oh my, I love it. Whenever we cover Michael Bay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just going to be straight explosions just, the whole time. Uh, when we do JJ Abrams, <laughs> it'll be lens flares, but that won't translate to audio very well. So we'll probably have to uh, have Whitney produce a film for us, and then you can come yeah, up. We'll with figure it out with so. all our billions of podcast revenue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, guys. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us yeah. on. Or thanks thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, it is now y'all y'all's yeah, podcast. Yeah. We are we are passing it on the mantle. We couldn't, Good job, guys. We couldn't figure out who beat uh, Christian Bale yeah. <laughs> for best actor in 2018, yeah, so we have to hand over the reins to our podcast. We just we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. Yeah, you guys can have it. It's cool. It, we had a good run. All right, we had guys, a good run. Just take it over. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for, of for coming on. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see. That's you all at I've got. Anyone else? A drive-in? Yeah. Christmas. Christmas will be our next episode. I'm coming to Little Rock. I'm coming to Conway Excellent. to see y'all. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.